0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 67, January 28, 2006. Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. And joining us is.
1: I'm Keith Cost. I'll give you a little background on what I do. I'm a national beer judge, BJCP beer judge. I've been home brewing for about 10 years. And I write an article for the Great Lakes Brewing News on Pennsylvania, really pretty much the Western Pennsylvania beer scene. He makes more beer than anyone else in the homebrew club, so.
0: At least I think you do. Is there anyone that makes new, more beer than no,
1: you? No, I make more than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: He, he brews a lot. He makes some greater. <laughs> and he, uh, since he enters a lot of beers in the competitions, he comes up with a lot of medals. So, good and stuff. And a perfect voice to join us for our Bigfoot Barley Wine. Oh, well, he's
1: a big bro- Barley Wine fan as well. Right. I've been brewing Barley Wine since 96. Pretty much the same recipe every year. So, um, won lots of awards. Won two best of shows with Barley Wines before. And... Um, And enjoy barley wine a lot. So what we're doing today
0: is our vertical tasting of Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot barley wine. We have five different years here. We have uh, 99, 2001, 2002, 2004, and 2007. The one just came out.
1: Where did you get the 2007, actually? I went to
0: Three Sons today, and they had a six-pack there.
1: Wasn't sure it was out yet. Let's get some.
0: Yeah, it just came out recently. Should we do new to old?
1: I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I think
0: mean, that's fair. Noodle. Okay, so we're going to start with 2007. This thing's only been in the bottle for a couple days. Or I guess a couple weeks. If it's yeah, bottle it conditions, so...
1: Either way, I mean, noodle, either way, you're going to... You know, this is gonna be hoppier obviously than, right. than the other ones. I
0: just think that, you know, we're gonna get some more complex flavors as they get older, I so agree. we should step into that instead of
1: you know, well, using yeah, the opposite way to think of it is that the other ones won't be as hoppy, so we're kinda of getting blown away with the hops with the first one. But yeah. um either way you're running into I thought, you know either way you some problems. Yeah. You know? Before
0: we get into the actual beer, let's discuss what a barley wine is, at least according to the BJCP. And a barley wine is of course it's a very strong beer. Uh it's Got a very high original gravity, so it's got a lot of maltiness with it. It's got uh, generally a pretty good hopping, especially if it's American version. And you're going to get from the aroma a very rich and intense maltiness. Hop character should be moderate to assertive and often showcases citrusy or resiny American varieties. Low to moderately strong fruity esters and alcohol aromatics. These are just aroma. And Flavor, you're going to get a strong and intense malt flavor, with a noticeable bitterness, moderately low to moderately high malty sweetness on the palate. Hop bitterness may range from moderately strong to aggressive. So you're going to get basically an aggressive, a generally clo- pretty aggressively strong hoppiness with a very aggressive malt, and especially from a West Coast you're like in Nevada, a lot of hops. Right. Yeah. The the Bigfoot side are very hoppy barley wines, in my opinion. Uh, I actually like other barley wines more that aren't as hoppy. But we have a nice vertical here, so we'll give it a try. And hopefully the older ones, you know, will turn more into what I like. The mouthfeel on this should be full-bodied and chewy, velvety, luscious texture, although the body may decline with a long conditioning. Alcohol warmth should be present, but should not be excessively hot. Should not be syrupy or under-attenuated. I don't like the syrupy stuff, so that's good. Now, the, the look is kind of a, a brownish-red, uh, a little bit of sort of peach highlights in it. And it's got kind of less than a fingers worth of
1: head. It's staying around, but it's not much there. Yeah, I just
0: have a, a little skin of covering of head on my beer.
1: Big, big hop aroma in this one. Um, definitely, you know, definitely the citrus going. You know, the hops are uh, Cascade and Centennial for finishing, and that you know, gives you that big sort of grapefruit, cit- grapefruit citrus right. sort of aroma. Yeah, it's
0: dry hopped with uh, Cascade, Chinook, and Centennial as well.
1: Definitely getting some alcohol in the aroma as well.
0: Yeah, main thing I. First aroma, I smelled some barley wine maltiness, the hops. Now, with you know the way my nose is stuffed up, I'm just smelling the solvency from the alcohol.
1: And that'll, you know, I hope in the, in the later, in the, I'm sorry, the older ones that we find less of that as it, as it goes along as they okay. age. So you're probably going to find more solvent characters in the in the, the young one. So you're getting kind of a very. Strong maltiness with
0: the alcohol, big alcohol, a little bit of hot bitterness. Well, I wouldn't say a little bit. I mean a moderate amount of hot bitterness coming at the end, of your, the back of your tongue. Not an, not an amazing amount of hot flavor in here, which right. is, is you know, good. My, my first it? impression was uh, not as full-bodied not as malty as I expe- would have expected. I got hoppiness. I got alcohol. I mean, so my first impression was a little bit different from what
1: you just described. Well, this is definitely on the smaller side for a barley wine. This is one of the smaller commercial ones. Actually, the commercial, we're all kind of looking at the 1090 range and above. But, you know, for example, Ultra Station is a lot stronger than than this um, in terms of alcohol and just and body. But okay. as we talked about, this is an English – I'm sorry, this is an American barley wine. So – you know, you're not going to have as much of the caramel sweetness. You know, this beer really reminds me. Every time I taste it, it reminds me a lot. At this age, reminds me a lot of celebration. It's like a bigger okay. version of celebration. Beer. Certainly,
0: yeah. Celebration is their um, their Christmas beer. That it's pretty much an IPA with a little bit of malt to it. Now, Bigfoot uh, is of course from here in Nevada. Nine point six percent alcohol. At least this year's was. I assume that the, uh, the, I think the, the other rest is pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. And as Keith said, the Cascade and Centennial for finishing, but Chinook hops are used for bittering, and all three are used in dry hopping. And we they use two-row English caramel
1: and dextrin malts.
0: So when you brew barley wines, isn't it traditional to use all pale malt for barley wines? Or uh, do A lot no, of people, no. a lot a people
1: lot use a, a lot of different stuff. Um, I mean... Pale malt, the dextrin is kind of a funny thing to use in a barley wine because it gives more body and you know higher final gravity. And it's like, why would you want to do that? Because the beer's so big anyway; it's going to end right. up being a higher final gravity. But I, I use it in mine as well when I brew mine. But I, for my my barley wine, I use biscuit malt, um, okay, some caramel malt, dextrin, and pale is pretty much what okay. I use. I use a touch of aromatic as well. But no, it's it's generally open game. A lot of people use crystal malt as well. Um, okay. Pretty much the same ingredients you would use in a pale ale or an IPA and then just just more of them. So okay. that's generally how how it's done. Oh. Um, I don't know
0: where I got that. I was under the impression that, you know, a fair number of barley wines were just all pale malt. There's so leave, much I, I can't really, really think, think of one coat. that is
1: just pale malt. I know, for, the, for example, East End one has um, pretty much the same ingredients mine has, but I don't think it has hits a crystal. Uh, I think it maybe uses something similar to biscuit. And, okay. And, uh, Maybe some dextrin as well, but it's it's pretty common for to find caramel, especially in, in barley wines, caramel malt.
0: There you go. In the email, we got this email from Jamie who posted about our Irish and Scottish ale show, which was 65. Could you say aqueous one more time, please? Pretty please? We, uh, we did kind of get wrapped up in that word. I guess it was <laughs> any new word that we get that is good for describing something we're going to use and overuse. So we apologize for that one. John also asks you have downloaded about thirty or forty podcasts and moved them to the iPod. Once in on the iPod he can't find them, he's wondering what they are listed under. Um I think if you look under artists, they could be under Jeff Bear and Greg Weiss. If you look under uh Actually, album, it could be C B R or Craft Beer Radio. The um All except for the first very couple shows, the artist will be Craft Beer Radio. And the first couple would be Jeff Bear and Greg Weiss. Right. So and once we realized what the iPod was doing with them, we changed how we were tagging them. So a lot of people will still put the people's names for the artist, but it doesn't make sense when you're browsing through artists in your iPod. So that's why we put Craft Beer Radio as the artist. Yeah, I mean, who knows who we are? We're just about a couple of schlubs. Right. We, just, we run the service, the show. The show is bigger than either of us. <laughs> we're just servants.
1: See here, someone wants to see pictures of your studio basement.
0: Oh yeah, you know what? I'll have to, to shoot some.
1: There are some pictures on the. Uh... It's very exciting, actually. I, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed. This is my. <laughs> this is actually my second time here, uh, okay. but I, I didn't th- think it would be all this. You know, I, I always, you know, listen to the show, and I imagine you guys were in sort of a. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <A> little dungeon. <laughs> dungeon sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the the egg crate things, whatever. Those are those are great. You have to yeah, that. they they
0: actually make a. Pretty, I mean, the pink ones are kind of ugly, but they make a pretty big difference with deadening the room. I think you can tell maybe the first or second show when we got here. Um, it was very echoey, just because we didn't have any of this sound dampening stuff up, and we put up these egg crate stuff, and it really does a significant amount of dampening of. Uh, Extra sound going around. So. If you look on the beer report confrontation board, there are some old photos that I posted of the beer cellar. So you can get some photos of there if you can go find them. You should take a big picture of your beer cellar because it's pretty impressive. Yeah,
1: I'll put and some I'm, photos uh, up on the website. Yeah. Something I should say for the, the post show, but I'm actually building a walk-in cooler right now. I got something to start it, and it's gonna you know I'm gonna put my beers for undraft there, <laughs> but I'm gonna have a lot of uh, <coughs> space for bottles as well. Sounds very dexterish. <laughs> a walk-in cooler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very much so. so So what do you guys think what do you you I I enjoy it Um, I I thought I'd be a little turned off by how hoppy the the brand new one is but it's still enjoyable so I'm Mm -hmm. excited to see how this goes and you know I really like getting some of those oxidized flavors it's kind of bitter and harsh to me and I think that I hope it will get more and more mild yeah. as it comes along. I think it's pretty bitter for a barley wine. It's got a very, it's got a lot of hoppiness, and really, a lot of the hoppiness is staying around. Yeah. Definitely right now, I can still feel the residual hoppiness on my tongue. And I'm hoping that as we go in past years, that will lessen. Yeah, it should go down. Hopefully, the hoppiness that's already on your tongue doesn't interfere with tasting these older beers. Yeah, that's what the water's for, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, let's go on to, what's next,
1: 2004?
0: Yeah, we're jumping back a couple years. I thought I had a an oh six but couldn't find it, so
1: And I looked and all I have is a two thousand oh, I have two thousand fours and nineteen ninety nines, which you already <laughs> had, so that didn't do any good. I, okay. I did have a, a barley wine tasting when mm-hmm. they finished this. Last year and I think we uh I think we drank some of the ones I only had one bottle left of. We did a okay. vertical uh, Bigfoot that day as well. Ooh. <laughs> so this is two thousand four? Yeah.
0: This is two thousand four, and it's it looks darker. Uh, it got darker. Oh yeah,
1: big um, rain right on the nose. Right, oh, little Jeff pours his, but big caramel. A lot of you know brandy sort of. Oh yeah, notes um, oxidation, which is sometimes can be very nice in a barley wine. You know, yeah. when you have oxidation. It's,
0: yeah, I've had some barley wines that have been oxidized, and it just complements the beer so well. Other beers, you know, that taste like cardboard. And it sucks, right. but in barley wines, the oxidation just really gives it some complexity.
1: I'm surprised this one has as much as it do- does for 2004. Right, uh, I guess. I guess it is. There's two more in between we missed, but it's pretty interesting how much it's already changed a lot. Just, just aroma, the hop aroma is really gone, and you like, like uh, Craig said, you get the caramel sort of thing, and then oxidation as well, which is sort of a brandy. Some caramel. of the alcohol is
0: coming through too. A little cup of the fusels are coming through. Yeah, that tastes like a completely different beer. Yeah, the bitterness is still. There, but you don't get it until later in the place. The taste, you get more of the sweetness and uh, on caramel on your tongue, Then mm-hmm. the bitterness comes through. And it's still, it's a uh, pretty light bodied still. It,
1: yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit chewy though. It's interesting how even the, the body feels a little bit different without the right. bitterness, the big bitterness at the end.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a light bodied, you know, right. pilsner perver- you know Pilsner type mouthfeel, but it's relatively light for a barley wine, heavier beer style. Yeah. Up front, you're getting that. Um, Kind of uh, malty uh, brandy like sweetness that Keith was talking about. And then as it kind of stits back, a little bit of the hoppiness comes through as it sort of evolves in your mouth. It goes back, a little bit of the bitterness comes out. We had a uh, local listener, uh, he has a nickname, Beer Geek. He wrote in about Loganitas Cachino Stout. He said he had it locally at Fatheads on the South Side, and he said he didn't find it too hoppy at all. And I've got some other feedback saying that as well. and It just startled me. I don't know if you've had it recently, Keith, but on the show we did the...
1: Well, maybe once. I think I've only had it maybe even once at all.
0: Okay. We did the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout on the show. Keep in mind, and first of all, he, wrote, he writes here that his hop head sensors may have been slightly distracted by the rogue hop heaven I had for lunch. Okay. And also, something you really have to consider. When you go out to a bar and you have this among a flight of other different beers... It probably will taste a lot more dark Yeah, you're it, probably right, it probably tastes a lot more coffee yeah. Because you're not drinking it with three other coffee beers We had three other coffee styles At the same time, so we were getting a whole lot of coffee A whole lot of malt, and this one came And it blew us away with hops You know, well, I, I'd still say, if I didn't see the color Like if I was literally blindfolded when I drank that one I think I would have miscategorized it as an IPA I mean, it was that hoppy Maybe it had to do with the flight of beers we were having At the time, though, I think that, right. had, that had a considerable Effect on how we interpreted it And also, speaking of Lagunitas, we had um, remember that one tasted a little uh, had the phenols to it so it tasted a little bit um, infected yeah. you know band-aids or whatever I had a brown sugar not too long ago one that was in my cellar tasted the same way hmm. and um, on Friday night I actually had a uh, Lagunitas IPA and that one didn't taste the same way but I was like "Whoa, what's going on here I had two different Lagunitas had the same crazy band-aid phenol flavor in it.
1: Weird. What do you think of their IPA and this is, I know, this is a side topic a little bit but I I, I uh, I find it to be too sweet I don't like the hell the
0: Yeah, their versions. IPA It wasn't bad I had it right after I had the Magic Hat HIPAA H-IPA. h I haven't
1: had that
0: um, I have not been impressed With Magic Hat Until I had that beer It was a very good IPA I liked it a lot
1: Is there something going on Some Magic Hat That they're not Sending kegs here anymore They're only doing bottles Or something I, I heard something uh, About that somewhere I right don't now. know but I was at, uh, Magic
0: like, Hat's relatively New in the market yeah, And um, I was just at Mad Max yesterday And they had Number 9 on tap
1: yeah, and I've seen it on tap too, and for some reason somebody told me that they had it in bottles and they were some story we only we only could get it in bottles and then I wasn't figuring I couldn't figure out what was going on.
0: I'd be surprised if they're pulling out of the market this quickly they've no, only been I there don't for think I think three or four months. There's a Permani's near me at work, and, and a bunch of people from work like to go there, and they always have the worst selection of beer. So beers, you anyways. have to drive past the Creek House to yeah. get Permani's. <laughs> it's always... Actually, it's a different direction. So. Oh, okay. Um, but it's always... you know They have a horrible selection of beer. It's all chitty you know, macro lagers. And... Um, I shouldn't have said shit. It's the, it's the main show. <laughs> the main show. Kids <laughs> listening out there. <laughs> Crappy macro loggers, and they now have Magic Hat Number Nine in there. And like Number okay. Nine is not it's not really that great a beer, but at least it's <laughs> something that's not prepared, Yeah, yeah. The other thing they do have is Blue Moon, and, and you know what, Blue Moon really isn't that bad, especially when that's all that's out there. Yeah, don't they have Sam Adams. I guess um, I think well, they don't have Sam Adams as uh, a no matter okay. of fact. At least that, not the one I met. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would do about if They did, but they don't. Yingling is like was the best they had for a while, right? So yeah, the Log- I was starting to worry that Lagunitas has a kind of infection problem, but it was just two
1: beers in a row. The other one I've had. I wonder
0: if friends. maybe when you keep them for a while, they, they that starts to become more
1: present. I had a wirebocker the other day. Um, it was one of the what was it? The Imperial Stout and Bourbon. Um, oh the the uh, heresy. Yeah, I had a bottle in my fridge for about a year and a half, I think. I, I opened it up on Friday night, and it was it had tons of diacetyl in it. It was, okay. well, it was pretty much undrinkable. So you know, I was like, wow, that's that's really strange. And I've had it before, and it wasn't like that. So um, it could have been a slight infection that's kind of building in the, okay. in the bottle, pretty much. Something similar could be happening with their beers. The longer you have them, it could be.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's starting to be an issue. I was doing an inventory of beers before the show, so we could plan some upcoming shows and. I got some beers that aren't ageable. <laughs> yeah, I really want to do on the show, but yeah. we just can't do enough shows. So we're gonna have to figure out. I think you should uh, quit your
1: job. Pretty much is what you need to do, and just do this full time every day. Just come down here and drink beer. And... <laughs>
0: yeah, the um, you know the three hundred dollars a year we make on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem, is it? Get a lot back of our taxes if we did that. One. <laughs> So we need to figure out what we're doing with some of these beers. Maybe we should have another Saturday show and just like have a marathon. Let's just do go through. We'll get like four or five people so we can have a little taste and we'll just go through. We could do that. We do like what um, what PBR did with uh, the thirty winter brews, right? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, not really the same format we had. It was more of a recap after he tasted each beer. But we could do something along those lines and just go blow through our our back inventory. Let's see. In news, there's a couple news stories here. Let me see if I find one that's interesting. There's a breast-enhancing beer that's starting to gain popularity in Bulgaria. <laughs> I saw that. Something. Uh, it's called Boza Ale. It claims to give women bigger breasts. Uh, <laughs> this is personally the beer made from yeast and fermented flour.
1: Probably what it does is it. It's actually just you know a lot of calories and <laughs> makes put you on fat. more weight you get fatter. And you're fatter, you have bigger breasts. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's not a very long story, so I mean, but if yeast and fermented flour, how would that taste? it? Uh,
1: it's
0: on the second page at the bottom. Fermented flour, huh? That's kind of. I imagine it'd be very light body. I mean, you, yeah. uh, not a lot of malt there. I'm sure Keith will brew it sometime in the next year <laughs> yeah. uh, that he's heard about it. <laughs> making a breast enhancing beer. I think the TTB might have a problem with you marketing that. <laughs>
1: Talks got into brewing one of those like, for a small, small beer batch. The big, the big you know the big beer batch or something. <laughs>
0: Grand <laughs> Teton Pale Ale. <laughs> uh, and Rick also sent us, Rick Seller sent us a, a nice list of uh, the beer consumption numbers. Per capita, per capita consumption numbers.
1: I, I knew this. I knew the Czech Republic had was the, the most. In yeah,
0: that's 160.5 liters per person, I believe, yeah. per year. Number two is Ireland at 127.4. United Germany, States is 110. Way down at 11. Venezuela,
1: if you can believe, believe that. <laughs> and I, I bet there's not a lot of good beer in Venezuela. Let's see. Well,
0: let's go over. like So we, we know we have some fans in the UK. It's 95.7 liters per capita, number six. Uh, in Australia, number nine, 87.8 liters. The uh, United States, like I say, is number 11, 83.0. New Zealand, number 15, 77.3. Now, the one thing that I'm curious about, I would love to see the same breakdown. With craft beer consumption. I don't know. And, you know, UK might have a bit of a head start because they have the whole real ale type culture, even Mm -hmm. though a lot of the young beer drinkers are drinking, you know, butt and crap like that. But I'd love to see that breakdown, see who the biggest craft beer consumers are. Not just because I want to see America at the top. I don't know if they'd be at the top because Belgium. The, right. I mean, I'm. Cu- I'd be really curious to see Belgium how much macro fried. beer is drunk in Belgium. Mean a lot of it
1: would be how you define craft beer it would have come down to. You know? Right. Would you consider Stella to be a craft beer or not? It would be one of the things. Yeah. Probably
0: they would for that for that listing. Yeah. I that's, would that would be
1: kind of unfair, I would think, because in some ways, like what's to say that Stella is that much better than say. Ten Pilsner, Yingling, even you know it's yeah. well. Maybe adjunct is how you cross the line, but you know, does beer have adjuncts yeah. like like Yingling does? Or you know, like how do you define? What Heineken I' not
0: have adjuncts in it, right? Those... It, it does. Just, have adjuncts. just let does me make adjuncts. the
1: list, then it'll be good, and fair, and arbitrary. Also, <laughs> <laughs> list curious. number nineteen is
0: Canada, by the way, and number twenty-two is Russia, which I'm, is the largest I'm
1: increase. I'm kind in of surprised that Canada is so low on the list. Every time I've been to Canada, I've consumed lots of beer. <laughs> 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 not sure what that really means, but. <laughs> We should, we should and actually, the last time I was in Canada, I've actually had good beer, and it was pretty funny. I went to a bar in Toronto, and okay. the, the waitress came up to me and said, "Waiter, well, this really great new beer from Victory." And I was like, "Oh, I don't want that. like that. <laughs> I, I like Victory, but it was like, I had Victory so many times." That,
0: that's hilarious. You're like, "Yeah, we got this great new beer. Everyone's loving it." Yeah, it was like a hop devil.
1: And I'm oh, like, I've had that for like ten years now. No, <laughs> okay.
0: you may wonder. We said Germany was number three with 110. However, if Bavaria were still an independent nation, it would easily top the charts. Oh. With Annual consumption of well over 200 liters per capita. Huh. Wow! So they they drink a lot of beer over there. Okay, we ready for the next Bigfoot? Let's do it. This is 2002.
1: Two. I'll be, this is gonna be really interesting. The jump from 2004 to 2002. Just to see if it really has changed at all, or right. There was a, I mean, there was a huge difference between the last two, but now yeah, it's like I do now seem to agree apart. with
0: you, Greg, that the uh, first a one was a much lighter in color than the other ones. The first one, the, the, the second two that we had were a lot more brown. Yeah, This one, too, it's, it's uh, more brown. Although, you know, it, it almost, I don't know, it might seem a little lighter than the 2004. Barely. Still have some of those peach highlights, so they're kind of redder now.
1: Yeah, it's... It is virtually brown.
0: Uh. Are your is yours clear or is mine cloudy? Because just sure. the bottom mine's of the bottle. <laughs> okay, Wait, mine's yeah. a little bit cloudy because of the bottom of the bottle. Excuse me, my nose is starting to stuff up. I'm losing
1: the uh, <laughs> losing the aroma. Little less caramel in on this one.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the kind of immediate upfront kind of brandy like caramel sweetness that we got from the last one. Almost seems a little bit more subdued least aroma wise, still,
1: still the alcohol, the alcohol still there, but you know, I guess that's to be expected with a barley wine. But
0: this one has a little more velvety mouthfeel. I think it's a lot smoother.
1: <laughs> this one, I mean, this one seems less chewy, less caramel. It's and even w- almost more bitter than the last one. It does seem a little more bitter. That's interesting. But it's, um,
0: I'm not sure what the combination of what it is, but it's, to me, it comes across as less carbonated than the last one. Um. It just has a smoother mouth feel more velvety.
1: I like the last one better. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about what we like best until the end. <laughs> but, um. It's
0: okay to break from, con- from uh, tradition every once in a while. No, it actually almost, th- that last flavor, I kind of got a medicine-y taste from it. Um,
1: this, this one?
0: Yeah. Uh, kind of like uh ish Yeah, the alcohol is coming across pretty pretty prominently in this one. This is not my favorite. <laughs>
1: But um, no, no hop aroma at all. The hops, yeah. the hops are gone. The hop aroma and flavor is is just not there at all anymore. And I think even the last one, you really couldn't get a lot of that citrus. So it's really interesting how the beer evolves. Like even the first one we had, in your face sort of you citrus, even in the aroma and the flavor and big bitterness, and now it's just gone. It's not there anymore. You should keep these caps
0: with the beers there on so we can keep an idea and also for the picture. Oh, uh, sure. Do you remember which was which? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Which 2007 two thousand seven should go with the 2007 beer? The cap. This was when you take seven. a picture. Oh. oh, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> it's just a picture. I don't think the different bottles will matter.
1: They did change. It's funny. They didn't change the, the Bigfoot at all, but this year they changed the celebration label. No, oh, okay. If you noticed that or not.
0: I didn't. I what. should
1: have brought, um, not maybe this, this show, but I know you're not really supposed to age celebration, but I've been buying cases since 2002, so I okay. have a single bottle of everything from 2002 in terms I have, of celebration. Um,
0: I have some old um, double IPs. I got some original Hop Wallop, the one that actually case that age for up to three years. So it's three years old now, so if you want to try that in the post-show, we could g- give it a taste. That's
1: cool. I have, I I also had last year's Hop Wallop and this year's Hop Wallop, but they're okay. not with me.
0: But. And then I also have some... Um, uh, Stout double IPA that's almost as old, and it's it's not a double IPA anymore. But it's a it's I a decent how barley hop wine hop style.
1: Wallop will evolve. I mean, that I think <laughs> double IPA. The hop Double IPA was always a barley wine in my mind. Yeah.
0: the hop wall up. They changed their um, their thing. You know, before on the case of say age up to three years, and it had a bottled on date lasered on the it was bottle. A bottle
1: condition before. Now it's not.
0: And now it's not. Now it's meant to be made to be drank fresh, and it has a best Buy date. And, you know, the case doesn't say it aged anymore, so maybe right. it wasn't aging as well as Victory hoped, and they changed it to how they yeah, were doing it. I imagine a, a hoppy beer would kind of, like, say, a hops tend to lessen as time goes on, so a big hoppy beer would kind of get. It. It'd be interesting to see know. what would happen, yeah. Yeah, so we'll do that in the post show. Tune in and find out what that <laughs> three year old hop wallop tastes like. Benjamin Scott says he's glad he's not the only one who is annoyed by buzz factor calculations. Oh, they're talking about a certain other podcast, right. so freaking bogus. And lame. How can one appreciate quality beer when that's reported on lame? Now, we should say if you want to have a big buzz factor calculation, then barley wines are probably like Well, it, it's buzz per dollar, right? And buzz per ounce type calculations. He does, and see, the price of a beer doesn't matter to me unless you're talking about, like over ten dollars for a 12 ounce bottle right you know if it's more than a dollar an ounce then it comes into play but if it's if it's less than a dollar an ounce it shouldn't matter at least in my point of view but i'm not a starving college student either
1: i don't drink the dogfish head like those super high alcohol ones because first of all the, the money you know the money thing is something, and that. plus I don't want to have one beer and just be like you know drunk from one yeah. beer, sort of right. thing. a couple beers. You know,
0: we got some of the strong dogfish head there, but it's more of a special occasion, split with
1: a bunch of people type thing. I've, I've had friends who go to a bar and they would buy one of the the stouts and the the you know the IPA, the really strong IPA. It was 120 right. minutes, right. right? Yeah, and they would have black and tans with that like all night long. <laughs> oh my god! And Bill would be like eighty dollars when they were done, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, you
0: know, but whatever it is on tap in town, I you know we went down last year. To uh, the show on the south side to get the worldwide stout on tap. We were meeting a listener from Australia, but you know it's not every day you can get it. So I mean, I, I tried it on tap, and oh, I had black chocolate stout on tap yesterday. There. Oh my God, was it good? <laughs> oh, <laughs> learn to love it now. It was good. Yeah, I just,
1: I, I think it's too ester. I don't. I have a problem with esters and dark. Dark malt. I don't okay. like the combination together at all. I okay. don't even like dark beers that much. But that beer for me always, the esters were too much for the dark malt. And I was just like, eh, it's, it's not doing it for me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I found that Worldwide Stout was um, was pretty good with that. It, 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 it was very smooth. For 18% beer, it, it was extremely smooth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to go to D's and sometimes the bartenders would get bored, like on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and just walk over, and grab a you know, worldwide Stout, and then just pour everyone a small sample of it. And that's why I used to always have it. Like I go there on a Sunday, and the right. bartender used to always do that. And I was like, yeah, that that works for me. I probably shouldn't say this on the air, of course, because you Dino's know, <laughs> you know, listening. Like, I like that. I think she's not, she's not working there anymore. So the, the bartender yeah. used to do that. So it's not this
0: is Fred Smith <laughs> on the show today. I wanted to. Um, Bring up this news story. Was well, not really news necessarily, but Rick Sellers also sent us a uh, word from the Miller Brewing Company. He gave us uh, a link to a Miller Brewing Company patent oh, for preparation of a bland <laughs> beer. Um, it's a method of preparing a lager beer having a mild, bland, less aromatic character. Uh, which, which is talking about nice. fermentation for sixty to two hundred hours um under conditions to allow carbon dioxide concentration in the fermenting wort to certain degrees that would basically make it so it's a less flavorful beer and they have a patent based on a less yeah, beer. I I read the patent and I, I'm you know, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to like there's almost I read the patent and I was almost like there almost has to be prior art on this thing. <laughs> I mean, reading through it, a lot of what they do is they do the fermentation under counter pressure, under CO2 pressure, right? And prior art to me sounds almost like a steam beer where they instead of doing crashing, they're doing the same kind of thing like, you know, we you know finishing up the fermentation under pressure and uh I don't know. It just seems interesting, but it's a patent they can have, you know. Yeah, I mean well, it's another it's
1: thing. A, a higher temperature, the it'll the fermentation will go faster as well, right. and it's another get the beer to market faster. You know, another trick there to have hold the beer. You know, green beers for long periods of time cost money essentially to to have it there. And, Pittsburgh
0: Brewing Company ferments their beers at like eighty six degrees, or something are you like serious? that. I, I, I don't don't quote me on the exact degree, but it was crazy hot. And I'm pretty
1: sure it was over 80 degrees. And I'm like, Mark... I don't know how you keep any longer character by doing that. I mean, maybe they start cold and then let it rise all the way up there or something like that, but... That's, that's but yeah, you know, their you know, fermentation I, o, o, Gong has like really warm fermentation. That's Belgian, obviously. Yeah. So you kind of want that. They have really high fermentation. I think theirs is in the '80s as well.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm trying to remember what Mark told me. Mark Davis, a brewer at Pilsner grogan gave me a tour. But yeah, their their longer fermentations only last a week.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty typical in the business for big breweries. They right. you know
0: I want to get yeah. out as quick as possible. Yeah. The more time it's in the fermenting tank, the less time you can make money off of it. Um, the thing about this patent is at the very end, it says the beer thus obtained, has thus obtained a mild character that can be used if desired as a base for flavored beverages. So I think that the bland beer is not necessarily their lager, but it's meant for their fruit beers or other things that they want to use. it well, could be fruit beers? So. In the email, the initial email that Rick sent out, I don't think he copied you, but uh, James Spencer from Basic Brewing Radio was on, and he was curious if this was for their um, Alcopops, Pops, you know, their clear malt beverages. I don't, I, after reading the brewing process, I can't really see how that would make a clear malt beverage, right. so I don't think it's the same they thing. They can but, strip
1: it afterward. Okay. Uh, strip out the color, run it in a really tight filter, and basically just turn it into clear okay. alcohol.
0: I see. Alcohol with the water in it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've tried, some, I've tried some stupid things before. I went tried to ferment sugar and add kiwis and limes to it or something like that. It was pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> Fermenting corn sugar, it wasn't a good thing. You ever tried making Prud'o? I, I don't know what the heck I was doing. Prison wine? Yeah. <laughs> with ketchup and oranges? Oh, <laughs> man. I think I'd be popular in prison with my brewing knowledge. You know? Yeah. I was thought, you know... And your good looks. Best, yeah, and that, well, okay, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Jeff is now opening up
0: the special uh, wonderful random number picker because we're about to do the thing that we forgot from the last two weeks, I guess, which was the what beer of mine. Last week's clues. You want to help me with this one, Keith? I am a Christmas ale. Actually, I didn't pronounce Keith a here. I was first brewed in 1975. <laughs> My brewery's flagship beer was first produced in 1896.
1: And Keith, the beer is... Um, <laughs> Uh, our special ale from Anchor Brewing.
0: Yes, yes, it is also known as the Anchor Christmas. We had
1: twenty people.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty easy one, but uh, you know we let everyone play this time.
1: So we let's see. give numbers next time. Like I have thirty-five IBUs. <laughs> I am. You know, 13 SRMs. That you know. actually makes it a lot easier to figure out because
0: then people just look at the stuff in, in, like, Beer Advocate or something, and boom, they find what they want.
1: Well, it, you know, and it's
0: hard to make sure you got a unique yeah. clues, too. There could be 12 beers out there that have, you know, different, same gravity and bitterness. But, uh, okay, so we had a bunch of winners. Ben from Cambridge, Chris Washenberger, Brian Greenwood from Portland, Oregon, Jason Wamsley from Norton, Virginia, Darren from Mount Vernon, Ohio. Dave Morton from Southampton, U.K. Troy C. from Oklahoma City. Amy Smith from Sarasota, Florida. Michael Brown. Mark Stan from Palatine, Illinois. Dave Brouse. I'm sorry, Steve Brouse from St. Paul, Minnesota. Mike from Madison, Wisconsin. Brian Clouser. Justin Dunlap from Quincy, Massachusetts. Andy Beaton from Los Angeles, California. Keith from College Station, Texas. Bobby Atkinson from Huntsville, Alabama. Ben from Cambridge, Massachusetts Rick from the Big Filmy Head podcast And Carl Schwing Schwing. from Torrance, California Oh, we can't forget Tom Schmidtlin Who is ineligible to win Because he's won as many glasses as he's allowed to have and Alabama. the winner is Bobby Atkinson from Huntsville, Alabama. Congratulations, Bobby. So send us an email with your address, and we'll get you out the pint glass from East End Brewing Company. By a good friend of Goodbeard. And uh, just talked with Scott. We're getting low on our case of glasses, and he's re-upping. We're getting another case of glasses. So we- what period my glass giveaway will be continued. Thanks to Scott from East End. This week's clue is brought to us by intern Scott. I am an Imperial Oatmeal Stout. I am made by a new brewery. My name is an acronym. My mascot is amphibious. There you go. So, if you know what this beer is, you can send it to wbai at craftbeerradio dot com, and we'll put you in the drawing for a pint glass from East End Brewing.
1: So, on the East End <laughs> Brewing front, um, I know this is obviously only relevant people in Pittsburgh. But I recently did a batch of a pilot batch for one of his beers. I brewed it at home last oh, two weekends ago, and it's oh. a smoked smoked porter. Okay. Yeah, he told me a little bit about. Uh, He's going to use uh, some rock malt is what we, we're using in it. Um, I think it was about. Fifty percent rock malt, and then actually two, uh, maybe about ten percent peated malt as well. Okay,
0: that sounds interesting. Yes, I was at the East End Brewing dinner this week with Scott. He, he told me about that. Yes, and uh, you know, he told me he wanted to do something smoked, I'm like, if you want to go smoked, the most memorable smoked beer we've had has been the Alaskan, which is the grains are smoked over the alder, and it has this you know salmon type flavor to it, mm-hmm. um, and it's certainly memorable. It just it just completely different from yeah. all the other smoke beers that i've had but you know
1: if, how's he gonna get older yeah right? i mean
0: how's he gonna get a smoke, <laughs> smoke malt? Yeah, yeah. He's
1: not that, that degree of-
0: yeah well that's when i said it that's kind of what i was thinking i'm like yeah they use a smokery in juno yeah. to smoke their malt <laughs> the same one they do salmon in so yeah it might be a little bit tougher here in pittsburgh
1: so that's going to be, I guess his next bottle offering is going to be that. Yeah. I guess it depends on how it turns out. Right now it's in the secondary. Um, we'll see how it turns out. It's, it was a pretty big grab. It's like 1072 OG and it's fermented down to about 1020.
0: Yeah, as soon as Scott told me about that, I came up with the marketing for it. It could be the replacement for um, not being able to smoke in Allegheny County bars. Come up with a name <laughs> that plays on that. This is the 2001. Already I'm getting more malt out of this. Yeah, more caramel on the nose. And I mean, also, uh, just a slight amount of freeness I'm also detecting. A little bit, maybe the hops are coming back?
1: Could just be esters.
0: My is pretty
1: dark again. Um, my nose is, is only or?
0: working at like 10%, so <laughs> the only thing I can smell with my limited um, olfactories is uh, some alcohol warming and, uh, I think that's really it. I'd like to say I'm smelling some hoppiness, but in this old beer, I shouldn't be. So
1: different. That doesn't give you a lot of description. But <laughs> it is different. Um, maybe some vegetal. Even
0: it's back to being more bitter for me. Um, immediate kind of bitterness hitting me with uh, with you know a good amount of malt in sort of the lower part of the mouth, but the bitterness is hitting me. In the top does this of the one mouth? taste more watery to anyone? You mean aqueous, aqueous. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems maybe a combination of lighter mouth feel and less flavor. Just take. I mean, I don't know. It just comes across as a little more watery.
1: Definitely doesn't have as much of it. I, I really thought the two thousand four had the chew- most chewiness to it. That was the caramel one. That that was so far what I liked the best. I'm not going to ruin my ranking at the end. Right. I could change it at the end, but. Um, that one had the most caramel flavor, most complexity. Even this one, it, maybe you're right. Maybe it is a little less. Um, I mean, less body. Uh,
0: it has less of the medicine-y flavor that was in, that was
1: apparent in 2002. Um, it's drinking like a more like a normal beer, like more, yeah. less like a barley wine.
0: Yeah, certainly.
1: Yeah, it's it's, still, it
0: still is somewhat of a velvety texture, but it's not. Maybe know, it's it. the amount of beer and amount of bitterness that we have on our tongue. But this one seems to be finishing cleaner than the other ones. Not as not, not as much lingering bitterness on it. Bitterness might. really doesn't go away with an aged beer, though, does it? I mean, yeah, yeah, it does. But does it does it'll, okay. it'll,
1: it'll go down. It taste less bitterness as the beer ages. Okay, it's one of the lessons. Like somewhat you know, some some of my friends have made barley wines and. And i'm sorry ipas really big ipas and you know armin makes one for example when he, right. he ages it for like a month before he drinks it and somebody gave it to don tomato and don made it and like served it like a week later and we're all like drinking it like oh my god is this bitter <laughs> you know, it's just out of control bitterness so okay. it, it, it'll it'll dissipate some as you know as uh as you, as it ages
0: Oh, Scott Lasky wrote us in to say that uh, might be interested to know that the collaboration, not litigation, ale is now available. Ooh, that was the uh, what was it? That was the Russian River and Avery Brewing, right? They, Keith, if you, weren't, you didn't hear us talking about it, both Russian River and Avery make a beer called Salvation, and they're completely different styles. I think the Avery one's like a Belgian golden ale or something like that, and the Russian River is one of their wild ales. And they, you know they called you know one of the brewers called the other brewers says oh you know we got this beer that has the same name what do we do about it you know and they came up with the idea to make you know take both beers combine them into one recipe and brew it and so they're calling it collaboration not litigation ale so That's it's cool. this Belgian golden slash sour ale. And it's on the shelves now, so you need to go find it <laughs> Everyone needs to go Golden find it Yeah, I need to
1: get out to the Russian River That's something that I'll have to do Maybe this year I'll get a, get a chance to go out there. I
0: got to go out there over the summer And it was, it was really cool Yeah, I have uh, I have two Russian Rivers in the cellar right now I have, uh, I've, Temptation I've never tasted Redemption. a Russian Redemption. River beer I have Temptation Redemption I'm not sure if I can crack one of those open just now <laughs> That's quite alright I'll, I'll, I'm going to make my way out But I will invite you when I do crack them open How about that? That'll work uh, Brian sent in the mail saying that he just he found her site and was listening to the Beer Ground Table, and he heard that Heavy Wheat Brewing is closed. He googled it and saw the story. Has mentioned the story. Of the owner was thinking of starting a brew pub. You know, if they closed to start the brew pub, or if it was a fine if it was fine for financial reasons. We talked a bit about where, heavyweight. Where has
1: breweries. he been? This is this happened months ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <They> had, <and laughs>
0: well, you know, it, not every, I mean, it wasn't really huge news unless you read, you know, beer advocates mid Atlantic sure, forums you talk all the time. Calm
1: to yourself, right. you know, as, yeah. as you did, and I, I have as well. Yep. But you, so
0: heavyweight closed. He closed on his own terms. He was tired of d- running the brewery. Um, he had outgrown what he wanted to do with a brewery. He wanted to do big beers in small batches. That was our slogan. And he got to a point where he was making big beers in small batches day after day after day after day, the same beers. And so he closed up while being profitable. And he's going to open a brew pub in Philly or New York. And from what I understand, there's going to be a hell of a lot of one-time-only batches at this brew pub. You just got to go crazy and experiment. <laughs> uh, on the bright side... I can talk about this since I suppose Lou Bryson is talking about it. I can't give you all the details, but Percuno's Hammer will be made under contract by a brewery. Oh, really? In the region, yes.
1: I thought I thought it was actually was going to be made by someone in Germany as well, or they have already done it. Once I in haven't Germany. heard anything I about I Germany. Something else about that.
0: So that's all I'm at liberty to say because that's what Lou Bryson has said out loud. I do know more details, but I'm not going to tell anyone because I've been sworn not to. But you will see Percuno's Hammer, at the Imperial Porter from Heavyweight, made by a. Uh, region, a brewery in the region. Carl sent us this email. I listened to our happy New Year episode today. You must have taped it a few days ago because you didn't mention the deal in this beer news bit. Uh, but this is about the Czech Republic. AB will now be distributing the Czech Budweiser Budvar in North America. And he sent us a link to the article itself. Yeah, it's really interesting. What? For people who don't know, there's the, there's the, um, is it Austrian? Or... German, the boot or Czechoslovakian, I guess yeah, the yeah, Budvar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's Czech. It's not just yeah, it's known as Czechvar. Czechvar in the U.S. So right? it's known as Czechvar, and in different countries, either Anheuser Busch or Budvar has the rights to sell Budweiser yeah. in different countries. So like,
1: in and, 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 like Budweiser sold as Bud.
0: And there's other countries where um, Budweiser is Budvar or Czechvar, and Anheuser Busch, you know, fights them in every country. And ironically, anheuser Bush, you know, has been... They're distributing, um, what, uh, Pilsner Urquell and some other ones now, because I bought that from Miller, I believe. Um, they're going to be distributing Budvar, or Czechvar, yeah. in the United States. So they're like, even though they're fighting tooth and nail to get the rights to sell Budweiser in European countries, they're <laughs> distributing the beer that's their nemesis <laughs> in the United States.
1: I, I really love that beer. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of lagers, especially, you know... Um okay uh pilsner isn't that the beer is great when it's fresh and you know it's not skunked like when it first came into the u.s Uh it was in brown tall brown bottles i used i bought like a couple cases of it because i just love the beer it's it's great has a you know a, a soft maltiness that's fantastic um it's hard to find those Pilsners that are fresh in the United States. But now I'm afraid to buy it ever because I don't know how old it is. It could yeah. be sitting on someone's shelf for a long time. And, and they also changed their 16.9-ounce their bottles to green. Mm. So it's like, uh, You, you know.
0: know, like I've had Pilsner Quell a couple of times, and it was never any good. And I had it on tap once, and it was tremendous. Yeah. They they, used,
1: they started using hop extract oil instead of uh, real hops. Uh, okay. Pilsner Quell did like maybe three years ago.
0: Okay, so is that when they changed their brew house from like the wooden fermenters like earlier. to? That was maybe oh, okay. like
1: five or ten years ago. They did that. Oh, okay. I had the old you know, Michael Jackson video where they, they still right. have the wood sort of thing, which is really really neat. And now, yeah, it's it's gone over to stainless. Right. Um, which you know Budvar's is the same way. It's stainless, but it's it's great. You know,
0: they had wood fermenters. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I have a video. I should you. I should give you the video sometime. It's only on, it's not on, you know VHS, but it, right. it's the Michael Jackson's here. You probably find it somewhere else as well. But only- he. <laughs> oh God. But it's 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 pretty fun to watch.
0: We had somebody write writing who likes that. That's why I put that in. Oh, God, one person out of all our listeners likes it. So this great is the
1: ninety nine. This is the probably the most interesting of like eight showing age. You know, in nineteen ninety nine, I bought I think, eight cases of barley wine. Okay, and this was one of them I bought. Um, but I bought you know a. a Weyerbacher, this blithering idiot, I bought the Victory Old Horizontal, which used to be my favorite, but they changed the recipe about four years ago. Okay. It was obvious. We, we did vertical of the Victory Old Horizontal the same day uh. as we did the vertical of this. And it was very obvious at one point the recipe just totally changed. i was like, what happened? You know, like Why did they do that? It was okay. so good before. And now, yeah,
0: I don't know if I had any pre-recipe change ones, but I mean I, I that... 90, I'll give you a 99. That is even hoppier than you know, a fresh... Um, Bigfoot, in my the opinion.
1: Cr- old Crustacean's actually hoppier than Bigfoot okay. as well. Old Crustacean's like over-the-top young. Okay. But it, it came in the 7-ounce bottle. I had some of those still around. I had the Old Dominion. Or just Dominion. Not, it's not Old Dominion. It's just Dominion. Um, that, that one has honey in it. Dominion one has honey in it. Okay. That year I went crazy and just bought you know, all these <laughs> cases of barley wine.
0: So this one has more character than the 2001. Guys. I like this one. I mean, this one has some more stuff. Well, like 2001 thousand no, well, of water. Getting... It's back to more of the caramel. It's back to you know a, a big amount of that. Sort of the brandy kind of front. The same thing we got in the two thousand four. I think I think it's very similar to, to two thousand four in terms of taste. Um, getting a big front, although not so much oxidation as the two thousand four. Getting a, a big hit of. Um, which could be just how 2004 is stored. So I, don't want to I was going to
1: say that. That was my, my next yeah. thought is that 2004 was probably stored differently than some of the other ones, and it went through some maybe even more temperature changes. It was maybe abused yeah. a little more, and somehow that made it taste better than the other ones. That's right. The problem with vertical tasting is you never really know what you're going to get depending on how things were stored unless yeah. you do it yourself and keep it in a cellar. All of
0: thing. these, except for the brand new one, was sent to us by Gary. So, I mean, Gary is a pretty big beer guy. Assuming he wasn't abusing his beers on purpose, I don't know if he got all these beers the year they were when he got released. Well, right?
1: right? I wonder if we could find, if we could scare up a case of, I didn't say scare up, those was kind of fun, um, 2006. If there's 2006 in the area anymore and uh, get a case of that. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't realize they came out in the new year. I thought 2006 was coming out this year, so that's what I was going to look for. And then when I saw an email saying that 7 was
1: out, I'm like, oh. Well, I need to buy a case. I haven't bought a case since 99. So that's okay. why I asked you. I gave you the 99. So I'm like, who, who would give you a bottle of 99? Who has bottled? You know, I have, I have a good six-pack left of it.
0: Um, Nope, nope. Listener Gary sent it to us. Uh, Thanks, Gary. Our
1: hero.
0: Speaking of Gary, he has helped us out with our goal to get to the Great American Beer Festival. He has some frequent frequent flyer miles that he's cashed in for us. So that leads me to say, if anyone else has some frequent flyer miles, (laughs) we need uh, one more ticket. But we're really close to reaching our... um, you know, goal of getting to the Great American Beer Fest. I have fest.
1: frequent flyer miles, but I think I would use them for myself. To get right, there. right. Well, Gary's an awesome guy.
0: He's, uh, so I mean, Is like Gary I said, gonna be
1: at the Great American Beer Fest? Yeah, he'll be there. That's cool.
0: Yep. So if uh, anyone else has some frequent flyer miles or any money to donate to get Greg to the Beer Fest, we'll be there. But we're real close, and uh, any help would be appreciated.
1: Maybe I'll go this year. You know what? If we get enough money, we'll rent out a whole I area. I think the
0: Beer Report guys are going, too.
1: <laughs> It'll be fun. These two things. Um, first, you guys know about there's someone's trying to start up a Pittsburgh Beer Society. Have you heard of No, about I it? haven't heard of They about only that. had one meeting so far. They met at D's. I think they are they're, they're plan to meet every other Wednesday at D's. <laughs> okay. And uh, they're just, you know, tasting beers. They make right. you know, so much money. It's it's similar to our, our judging class where they're trying to taste stuff. And right. I told them I'd help them out a little bit, in both in press and also with trying to show up and just, you know, give some feedback on stuff. I
0: was kind of thinking about that recently. Like, you know, we got the Homebrew Club, which is a very good club. But I know other places in the country, they have, you know, just... Beer fellowship groups, learning about beer, like Rick Sellers is part of that sober group, the Sierra Organization for Beer Enthusiast Recruiters. You know, it's another really contrived acronym, just like the trash, Three Rivers Alliance for Serious Homebrewers.
1: It's not that, that, that contrived. There's some other really mm. contrived ones out there. Okay. It's ferment fermentologists sort of thing they throw in, you know.
0: Okay. But anyway.
1: Draft.
0: It would be cool that we have uh, fermento- fermentologists under conditions of kegging.
1: I, the Dayton group is called Draft. It's uh, Dayton Regional Area Fermentation Technologists. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I like Greg's one there, uh, if anyone was quick enough to catch up, Well, they're not drinking barley wine, so they probably all caught it. But I, anyway. I
1: that's, I'm drinking barley wine and talking. So.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's cool to see that we have a beer appreciation club in Pittsburgh. I'll have to check them out. But I don't yeah. think I'm ever going to make Region Square on a Wednesday
1: night. Hmm. So open invite. I'm going to go there next time. So oh, you know what?
0: Wow! I just got like a coffee flavor from this. I swear to God, it just it just came out of nowhere. It Just came boom! I got something very reminiscent of uh, toffee slash coffee. Okay, well we need to wrap this up because the homebrew club meeting starts in two minutes.
1: Holy crap! <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, <laughs> we all like the 2004. I think we like that the best,
1: right? No doubt. That, yes. that was my favorite. I think that's what we're looking at. Maybe about a three year. Time frame is when this brewery is at its peak. Right. Um, but, but beyond that, it's kind of weird year to year. I would probably say 99 is my second favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, assume, yeah. remember, with 2004 also assumed you get oxidized a little bit because yeah. we definitely had some oxidation character. Yeah, doing a single samples, you know, without having different samples from the restored in different locations, you really can't tell. <laughs> so we need
1: people to send us multiple bottles Yeah, of,
0: Right. We need several, <laughs> multiple, sending like, us we big need control as much as you can. Can you tell you had a lot of bottle of wine? But, I, I but anyway, know. yeah, the uh, the 99 and 2000, 2004 was the best. The 99 was, I think, everyone's second favorite.
1: And I would probably go. Next, I would go with the newest one because I like the hop character in this yeah. one. It's kind of fun to, to taste that.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to agree too. The 2007 was good. The 2002 and 2001. Which one was the watery well, 2002 one? 2002 was the one that was kind of mediciney, right? Because that was. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's my that's my least favorite. So you thought the 2002 was medicine-y. I thought the 2001 was a bit watery. So
1: I don't know if we really have to rank everyone specifically on this show. <laughs> Do you have any opinion on the last two, Keith? I, I would say I, the wateriness probably was the, my least favorite once. So that was the okay. 2001, so yeah. I would probably go 2002 ahead of the 2001. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with Keith,
0: and then Greg, you're going to switch them? I'm going to switch them because I found the 2002 medicine-y.
1: What do you, uh, Greg, how do you feel about the 2007 being ranked ahead of those? Are you okay with that?
0: Um, Yes, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was hoppy... It was
0: right. a was, was to the extreme, but you know, it, it worked for, for what it was trying to do, I think. And and the other two were kind of just not yeah, they, they, they were Yeah, they weren't quite as up to par. So I think that the 2007 was probably the last one that was really up to par. And then 2002, 2001, maybe they need a couple more years, or maybe they just...
1: They could be past their prime anyway. Yeah, yeah it could be going downhill.
0: They could be past their prime. Until they get like some crazy oxidation to it, right, type of yeah. thing. Like maybe the ninety nine had like a little bit more oxidation, and without that, it wasn't. It was
1: purchased in maybe by six pack, obviously. Maybe
0: if you have two thousand one, two thousand two, and you are waiting on them, but you are not sure if you want to have them now, stick them next to your heater at home. And just <laughs> abuse them. Yeah, you are saying. <laughs> you know, I I kind of um, almost subscribe to the idea of abusing barley wines. At the East End Brewing Open House, we had a keg of gratitude that was. Um, It was like a half keg that was served from somewhere else and had tons of headspace it was so oxidized but it was so beautifully oxidized
1: yeah well, you, the, you know you guys had the beer on the show my uh strong scotch you uh-huh. thought it was barley wine but right. um i i entered it in competitions as an old ale and this year i entered it in the trash competition this is a beer i made probably in 98 or 99 and i found it in the closet i'm like yeah let's throw this in the competition and it won best to show because <laughs> it was really the oxidation characters what gave it that you know it had a, a great caramel flavor and then the, the brandy sort of character as well it was, right. it was fantastic because of that and um you know, it's just it was it was pretty much it was abused just by age. It was so old, you know, right. it was From ninety eight, so you
0: know. Well, it goes to show you everybody is worried about getting older. Remember, age isn't always a bad thing.
1: All right, well, we'll leave on that note.
0: Yep, that's all for this episode of Craft Beer Radio. Send us feedback. Whether you like the vertical tasting, whether you like having Keith, whether you want to come come back, or if he wrecked our, you wrecked or wanted to replace one of us, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or if you wrecked our flow and we should never have him come back. But anyway. This is Jeff, Greg, and Keith, and tune in next week where we'll be doing some more great beer. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com, and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was "Out of Towners" from the band Saint Dragon, and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Don't you know that we're onto him? Onto him. Me and her been playing Pokemon. Don't you know that we're into it? Into it. Got the station waiting you no, know, there's no stopping us Look with me to start everybody knows the size Fit all eyes We will find a hidden place for later we act up from our space Yeah promise me you'll never go away So I don't have to put these looks on your face